Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. John D. McDonald said, Vulnerability is the curse of the thinking classes. This is episode 48 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Tanvir Mustafa. All the way until high school, he was severely bullied. And even then, it didn't completely stop. Even though he was trying his best to get along with everyone, it was being nice and likable that got him bullied more. It almost made him drop out of school at one point. In university, he'd end up burning out due to taking on way too much. His health was deteriorating, and his girlfriend at the time broke up with him. This would end up motivating him to start making a change and setting some goals. Now he's the host of the Blessed for Success podcast while holding down his dream job at Salesforce. If you're looking to achieve anything in life, this episode will help you with some great tools he's used to achieve his goals. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Tanvir Mustafa. Hey, Tanvir, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. Excited to have you here today. You and I recorded for your podcast uh, a couple months ago, and then we've had a little bit of a scheduling <laughs> issue trying to get this one going, but I'm glad we, we finally made it happen. I'm glad to have you on and, and get you to share your story with my listeners today. So again, thanks for, for taking the time to come on. It's great to be on. You're an awesome guy. Um, had, had a phenomenal conversation the last time we did this, and, and excited to do it again. Awesome. So the first question I ask every guest to get started is what is your definition of vulnerability? Wow. <laughs> um, being open, being honest um, with yourself and others to your personal struggles, your personal failures, everything that maybe is not shown as the bright side of life you know um all the things underneath the layers is kind of being open to sharing that and being open to um kind of peeling off the layers slowly slowly but surely um and kind of sharing your story with the world that that to me is what that is Awesome. Yeah, I know. And it, it's funny because I usually get that sort of reaction where people are like, wow, like really, that's a heavy question to start with. But the reason I do it is because I want to sort of form, you know, the episode obviously around what your definition is, because everybody defines it differently. Like I'm 29 episodes released. Like I said, just before we started, I got about 50 recorded and I don't think one person has had the exact same definition. There's definitely similarities, but for something that is so clearly defined, if you were to look it up in the dictionary, it's still interesting to me to this day that each person sort of has their own way of looking at it. So I uh, appreciate yours for sure. So if we can go back in your life and go back as far as you want, some people, you know, to high school, some people, I've had one person that was like when I was five years old and I'm like, wow, you still remember five years old, but uh, going back as far as you want to go, what would you say was your earliest memory of facing some sort of vulnerability in your life? Um, I mean, when I was a kid, um, especially in grade school, so I think it's probably started in about at around grade two, grade three. Um, I was a very like outgoing kid. I was um, social, like to get along with people, like with make, like to make friends. Um, but I felt that it made that, now looking back, it made me a target to a lot of people, um, particularly the, the bully type. Um, so in those moments, you could say, I guess I made myself vulnerable by um, 
putting myself out there and and um, trying to get along with uh, my classmates. Um, but unfortunately, people took advantage of that, and um, I got bullied. Whether it was, you know, being dropped in the middle of a like a little a pond, but a small a puddle yeah, um, yeah. outside in the rain, or being poked with sticks, or um, a bunch of things like that. Uh, I was bullied for pretty much my entire schooling career from grade two onwards. Um, and you could say throughout that entire time, I left myself vulnerable. Like I, I kind of put myself out there and in turn, that's what happened to me. Um, yeah. So you, you, I guess from what I'm, I'm hearing, you're, you're basically saying like your openness, your willingness to sort of, uh, you know, be the, the friendlier person or again, like you said, put yourself out there was, was what made it easier for people to, to target you, uh, to be bullied, I guess. Is that, is that sort of what you're getting at is just that willingness to, you know, not be like everybody else, I guess. <laughs> that's my theory. That's my, that's okay. my theory looking back is because for a long time I tried to ask myself like oh why did people believe me or you know why did why was I faced with that but I I think what I realized is that when people see that you're friendly or you're trying to be I was also trying to be the you know the smartest kid in the class I was trying to get along with the teacher like the goody two-shoe yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think when people see that that upsets them particularly um, and when you look into the psychology of bullying and the backgrounds that come from that and and where that stems from, we could go very deep with that, but that's another story in and of itself. But, you know, that type of person sees that as a vulnerability. Like they, they see that eagerness, that keenness, that friendliness as an opportunity to kind of bring that person down. And that's life, you know, yeah. like you'll see people who are trying to separate themselves. People are trying to stand apart from the crowd. And regardless of whether it's direct or indirect bullying, people are going to try to bring you down, right? On social media, um, behind your back. Like they, one thing that people always say is like, or one thing that, that is I kind of hold myself to is um, people will say that you can't do something because they can't do it themselves, mm -hmm. right? And if they see that you are doing it, they don't want you to be able to do it because they can't do it themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of layers to it, as I mentioned, but that's, that's the story there. No, and I, and I get it. And one thing that I definitely relate with and in, in what you brought up there when you got a little bit deeper into it was the whole like uh, teacher's pet or whatever you want to call it. Um, that, that happened to me, I would say probably around grade five or grade six, the core group of guys that I always had hung out with up until that point, they saw me sort of, I guess, uh, it wasn't that I was a teacher's pet, but I, the teacher that I had, I think it was in grade six. I just really connected with her. What reason? I don't know, but she was a great teacher. She was an awesome person. And when, when that started to happen, the, the guys that I hung out with were kind of like, it, it was like, you're weird. Like, why do you, why do you care about the, you know, the teacher and this and that? And, and it caused a sort of a separation in our friendship. So I can definitely relate with what you're saying. And, and I haven't even thought about that till literally like this minute when you brought it up. So it's mm -hmm. something to definitely think about and, and, you know, because when, it, when that separation did happen and there was some bullying that came along with it, I always questioned like, what, why did that happen? Like what changed? And now that I'm thinking about it, it was some maybe slight shifts in, in the person I was. So, um, but yeah, anyways, just, just something that I, I definitely related with there. So 
what what did you like what was your way of of getting through it what was your way of overcoming it because you said it lasted pretty much your entire like school grade schooling career was it just getting out of school that that sort of helped you overcome it or was there something else that you were doing during that time that helped you get through that that sort of tough time mm-hmm. um i'd say two things helped me it was very tough like don't get me wrong like when I was in high school it was to a point where I wanted to drop out I wanted to leave and I wasn't like a bad student like I was a I was a good student um like playing all the sports like very well balanced in every every area but I wanted to drop out and I wanted to leave school I just I couldn't take it there was a point where I really couldn't take it anymore um but I think the two things that kept me going one were having clearly defined goals so I knew that in high school especially, I knew that I wanted to be co-president of my school. Um, I know knew that I wanted to win athlete of the year, one of the years. Um, those were, and those things aren't controlled by students per se, or they are to a degree, like students vote for you to become co-president, but for athlete of the year, it's like a decided by the coaches and stuff and such. Um, so having clearly defined goals to work towards, I think helped me a lot. Um, and then um, the other bit was just having people that also wanted to separate themselves, like also wanted to stand out, also wanted to do things differently, also were creative. Um, you know, having some of those friends who uh, who I could relate to and who supported me no matter what my endeavors would be, um, my family being there to support me. Um, so ha- having those things in place helped me eventually get through it um, to a degree. I think when something like that happens, you have to find a way to deal with it yourself. And m- my avenue was the goal setting. So eventually I did become co-president, worked out. At, that's when the bullying stopped because once I became co-president, no one could really say anything to me. <laughs> uh, and that was, that was one of my, it's, it's kind of sad, but like I, I had deeper ambitions for being co-president cause I wanted to good for the school. I wanted to do, um, you know, good by me, get a bunch of experience. Um, but also one of the reasons was to kind of like look at all the bullies in the way, in a way, and just kind of be like, well, look at me now kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so that was a portion of it, but yeah. No, definitely. And and I think that the, the big thing to, to pull away from that is the, when you talk about having support, I think that that's key at any point in life, whether it's in your younger days in school and, and even now at 34 years old myself, I've realized that the people you have around you make all the difference and depending, and, and it doesn't really matter like sort of what you're chasing after. It's, it's having that support system, you know, starting this podcast, my support system has mainly been my wife for the, for, for the most part. And then a few friends yourself, uh, you know, our, our mutual friend, Sam Demma, people that have helped me sort of understand how to get started and all that kind of stuff. And if I didn't have that support system, I don't know if this would have ever existed. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I think that's an important thing to remember at all points in life. And, um, yeah. but it's good that you had it around you at that point. Cause I definitely didn't, <laughs> I didn't have a good core, core group of friends. <laughs> yeah. And just for some uh, bit more clarity on that too, at the time, like now that's, this is me looking back in hindsight, right? Like yeah. I had people that cared about me and wanted me to do well at the time. I felt like the loneliest guy in the world. Right. I felt like there was no one around me to support. I felt like from all angles, I was getting beaten down. Like it just was really hard to see a light at the end of the tunnel. But if you have one or two people that even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment, you'll realize later that they were just there being there to, you know, 
I had food on the table at home. I had a shelter yeah. on my head. Like those things all matter and they play into the larger piece. And are any of those, just out of curiosity, just something that I uh, came to mind, are any of those people that, that were there to support you aside from family, the friends that you maybe made, are any of those people still a part of your life now or have they sort of, has there, there been that separation? Those people are my closest friends to this day. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's like I, a handful. Like I could count the number of close <laughs> friends I have on one hand. Yeah. Um, I met a lot of people throughout my life, made a lot of friends, but when I'm talking about people that um, are within, you know, my close circle that, that I could handful. Yeah. Okay. No, I just, I was curious because I, I, I one thing I've like in my own life, at least I, I don't think I know anybody from back in that time of my life. And I just wanted to get an idea. Cause I, I, I find that some of those, I, I see it in sort of two different ways and, and you know, this sort of a tangent, but I see that there's either, there's those people who have had friends from like kindergarten or grade school and like their lifelong friends, or there's people like myself who just sort of, you know, now my friends are the people that I've created, that I've met in the last maybe few years of my life as I've matured and so on. So I, I don't know, I don't know what the reasoning is. And, and I obviously I'm not going to get into that, but I just was curious because uh, to me, it's, it's interesting when I meet people who have had to have, have been able to sort of keep friendships for that long. Um, so yeah, so again, sort of a tangent there, but uh, what, what sort of, I guess, what strength would you say you discovered in yourself going through all that and, and being able to overcome it? I mean, it sounds like what came from the sort of getting the co-president position was maybe a little bit of confidence, um, but was there anything else that you sort of discovered in yourself and maybe even whether it's looking back or even if you just remember at that time? Resilience. I mean, if anything, resilience, like, and that's, that's a big reason why I started the Blessed for Success podcast, right? Is to really show everybody that it doesn't really matter. And bullying is one of many things that, that yeah. I've been through in my life. But um, just to show people that no matter what it is that gets in your way, no matter what obstacles might, might slam you, um, there's always success available on the other side. Um, and I, and I believe that to be true for me throughout my entire life, which is all one of the main reasons why I was able to like my dad drilled that in me from a, from a very young age that you just work, 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 and you'll reap the rewards. Um, and so for me, it was just about keep, keep on putting in the work, keep on, um, building relationships and eventually it will pay off. And, um, you know, I'm still on that journey. Uh, there, there's literally like I think two subjects that have come up I, I would say on like 80% of my podcasts and those are self-awareness and resilience so every time I hear them I'm just like there's something there and and I don't know maybe it's an eventual book or something that I got to do yeah. but there's just I hear those consistently is resilience and, and self-awareness and so when you said that I had this huge grin because I'm just like there's everybody says that like what, what is it about resilience and obviously I'm sure there's like I said there's a ton there but uh, we won't get into that too much so you did say that you know there's been a lot of other things that you have faced would you mind getting into some more of that would you mind sort of sharing with us some other vulnerabilities and, and struggles that you faced um, throughout your life and I know you're still a pretty young guy but um, I'm sure you got some stuff to share yeah I mean so in university so going into into year one and two um, I just wanted to kind of do what I did before was it which was be as involved as possible do as many things as possible um, but the issue with me was, I think, is that I never had built solid routines. I was just running from place to place, like from club to job to school to all this and that. And that continued on in university and it just amped up another level. Like I was working two or three jobs, like 
was doing a full-time course load, um, was like volunteering a bunch of school clubs and in a relationship as well. <laughs> and then in my second year of university and by the end of, so just to give you some context, I was 180 pounds or sorry, 160 pounds. When I graduated high school, I was 220 pounds, 220, 25, um, sometime in the second year of my university career. So that's what, that's a 60 pound gain within like a two year span. Um, yeah. And I was, it was so bad. I was drinking maybe a can of pop a day. Um, I was having like tablespoons of Nutella for breakfast every morning. <laughs> which Nutritious. Was yummy. Yeah, yummy, <laughs> but terrible for you. Um, and I'm still shocked that, you know, they, they marketed it towards kids as healthy, but anyway, that's a, that's another thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, I mean, all of it came to kind of like a big um, implosion, explosion, whatever you want to call it. I went through a breakup during that, during that second year of university and essentially I was burnt out. Like it all hit me at the same time. Like I was burnt out from all the extracurriculars, all the jobs, everything. The breakup hit, so it made it even worse. And it was completely out of shape, out of health, everything. And then I just kind of said, okay, well, I need to take back control of my life. Right now, my life is controlled by all my responsibilities, right? So the clubs, they have they set up meeting times. My job sets up when I'm going to work. Uh, my school sets up when I'm going to do my course load, so on and so forth. How do I take control of my agenda? So I quit everything. I quit all the clubs. I left that job. Um, and I just like refocused on what I needed to do pick jobs where it was more flexible to, for me to decide when I would be working, um, put in a regular health schedule, a uh, regular health routine, um, pick courses around the timing that would be most accommodating to, you know, my health, so on and so forth. So um, that's when I really took control and then started setting the goals. One of which was to live in Toronto. Um, the other, which was to work at Salesforce and work in the world of sales. Um, which, you know, back then was a daunting task given that getting into a company like Salesforce was at least, which was marketed to me is like harder than getting into Harvard, <laughs> um, which is what they, what they, what they would say. And so, um, those are the goals back then that I set for myself. Yeah. And then I know like that, that you've obviously, like you said, you've, you've sort of hit those targets, which is amazing. And it, it really shows the power of like, you're saying goal setting. Um, but the one thing that amazed me when you started that off there is I, 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 in my head, I'm like, did this guy have like a cloning machine that we don't know about? Cause how were you able to like hold down three different jobs, be part of multiple clubs, a full <laughs> course load. And like, and I understand, I guess maybe that's where the pop came in because the sugar and stuff I'm sure kept, kept you going. But I mean, the toll that that must have taken on you, just even like you're saying physically, but even mentally, was there sort of a toll that it took on you? I know the breakup probably affected you quite a bit, but if you could sort of maybe touch on that too, because you did say you were burnt out you did say you were overweight, but what other sort of mental toll would you say that took on you just to, to get an idea? It was bad. It was like really, it was severe. Um, the, like I, 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 since I wasn't clinically diagnosed, I'm, I'm very hesitant to say something like this, but to say that I was feeling depressed or feeling constantly anxious was not far from the truth. Um, you know, I'd say that it would be in that realm, but I'm, I'm hesitant to, to yeah, yeah, I get identify it. that as a feeling. Yeah. Um, I, this is my description of how it felt like, which was every day when I would wake up and by the time I would hit like the bed at the end of the night and maybe, maybe on average I'd get five hours of sleep. Um, <laughs> 
I, I, it literally felt like being a walking zombie. Like I was like out of the walking dead pretty much. It's just like trudging from one thing to another. And, um, it, it definitely destroyed like my confidence. It destroyed my go getting like social, like I didn't want to really talk to people. I didn't want to socialize. I didn't want to go out. Like, none of that like all the things that a university student would want to do like want to do I wasn't really doing those things and um pretty much like the way I would um kind of calibrate or or de-stress or try to take all of that pressure off is go home and play video games but I would keep playing video games well into the night sometimes you know like just to kind of like have that relaxation after the day or a week's worth of of all of that stuff built up and so um, it wasn't until I got my priorities in check and, and that, that goals, this goal setting exercise has been so insane for me my entire life. Like I'm actually amazed. Like people talk about the law of attraction and um, it's shocking to me. It's honestly shocking how powerful and of an impact it's had in my life. And um, yeah. No, and, and I think it's just when you bring that up, I think that's, you know, I remember watching like The Secret like years ago, like maybe like my second year of college. So we're talking like 10 or more years ago. And I was like, that's BS. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna write a check for this amount of dollars. I'm going to paste it on my ceiling or whatever that guy did. And it's yeah. going to come to fruition. And And although I think that some of that stuff may have been just for like the marketability of it or whatever, I, I agree with you in terms of like, you know, a coach that I'm working with told me uh, probably, it's probably a little bit over a year now ago. Um, he, he sort of, we were on the phone and I was in this really like sort of dark spot. I, I had been trying to do so many different things and I was just like, I, I'm not sure where I'm going. And, you know, certain things in my personal life, like my marriage weren't going necessarily the, the perfect way that or the way that I wanted them to. And he, he's, we, we, we got to the end of our conversation. He goes, okay, I want you to hang up the phone with me. And he goes, I want you to write down three priorities, just three, three things that are going to become a priority from your life moving forward. And I was like, okay. And so I hung up, I grabbed a, a cue card, I wrote down three priorities and, and I can remember I think two of them at this point. One of them was to show daily gratitude and appreciation to my wife because I knew that was something that I wasn't doing the best job of. Uh, another one was to um, get more organized and focused in my business. And again, I can't remember what the third one necessarily was, but either way, the, the point that I'm getting to is that um, what ended up happening is I wrote those down, that card went into a pile of papers on my desk. I didn't touch the card, I didn't look at it for probably four to six months, somewhere around there. And then one day as I was cleaning up my desk, I'm like, found the card and I was like, holy shit, like everything that I wrote down on this card has literally happened over the last three, four, five or six months. And then I think it was that day or, or a week or so later, I said, okay, well, now that I've sort of hit these targets and I, and I know, you know, like that gratitude and appreciation for my wife is important and it doesn't necessarily have to be reminded. I don't have to be reminded all the time. I repri- like I wrote down a couple new ones. So I totally, like I, the, the point I was trying to get to, I guess there was that, you know, 10 years ago, I thought that stuff was BS. And now I'm like, oh, that, that stuff kind of works. So I can agree with you more in terms of like writing things down. And I've heard it again, you know, on other podcasts. And, and yeah, just I just wanted to sort of affirm that because I think a lot of people out there, they look at that stuff and they think it's like woo-woo or BS or whatever. And and I, I just hope that, you know, if somebody's listening to this, that maybe has thought about it or hasn't done it yet, maybe this will be their reason for doing it because it, it definitely makes a difference. I mean, we were just talking about how your podcast 
uh, an episode that I listened to literally last night started to shift my way of thinking. And that's, I think, the point that we're all trying to get to with these podcasts is impacting our listeners in, in some way, shape or form. Yeah, no, exactly. And um, it's funny because the secret, I tried watching it, but it was just too old school for me to, to kind of be able to get into it. Like the corniness of it wasn't yeah, getting yeah. to me because I tried it about a year ago. Um, but l- I mean, let's make one thing. Let's like, let's make one thing clear here. If you're going to set goals for yourself and write them down and paste them on a wall, whatever you do, create a vision board, no matter what, you can't just turn everything off in your life and expect that stuff to yeah. happen, right? It's just, there's a, there seems to be a, there's a very big link with stating your intention and making it visual or making it clear and the action that you put behind it. Yeah. Because until you're actually definitive about what that looks like, you cannot take the action that aligns with it. And so essentially by writing it down, you're creating the alignment to get that thing done. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got to do it. <laughs> then you got to. Then you got to do it. Then you got to. Then you got to put in the actions, put in the work. Um, but there's there's a certain power. There's a certain um, if woo woo is what they're gonna call it. Then sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a certain power to having that there and, and slowly working way towards it. I think it's yeah. It's the reminder and and and, and the other thing too that I, I sort of want to add on to that as well is is I think some people also get overwhelmed. They think like, okay, I got to go at this like full force and like it's got to become 100% of me. But you can also just take little moves. Like when you're talking about that, what it reminded me of was in terms of like the gratitude and appreciation for my wife. It was little things. I like wrote her a letter. It took me like 10, 15 minutes in the morning and I'd write her a letter. I'd shove it in her laptop bag. She'd go to work and she'd find it when she got to work. It wasn't like I did some grandiose thing. I, I didn't like you know, fly her to Paris and like, you know, to show her like, this is how much I appreciate you. Right. So I think another key point there is just to like, whatever action it is, make sure you're taking action, small, big, whatever. Like, yeah, you definitely have to take action on them. Don't just write them down and stare at them every night and be like, I hope that comes true one day. Yeah, Cause like, I don't think that. <laughs> like, come true. Can you give me my three wishes? Yeah, that's not, I wish, but. Um, I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, your face there just made me laugh. <laughs> For those of you that can't, won't see this video, he literally like squeezed his eyes as tight as he could and was like dreaming and wishing real hard. So it just made me laugh a bit. I do that sometimes, yeah. occasionally, when I really badly want something to happen. Yeah, that that seventy million dollar Lotto Max. <laughs> We're all like, yeah, please, don't want to work anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, to, to to to, I, I want to sort of go back because it's something that I don't know that. Um, we necessarily touched on that maybe might help some of uh, the listeners is, you know, you sort of talked uh, or, or sort of um, brought up the, the breakup. Like what, what about that? Cause I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people that are not, maybe not a lot, but some people that are listening to this have gone through like relationships, breakups, like, was it a long-term relationship? Was it like, cause you, you made it sound like it was a pretty impactful part of everything that you're going through in that second year of, of university. Yeah. So, if you don't it, mind talking about it, of course. Yeah, yeah. It it was a. I mean, that relationship was probably almost three years. Okay. But it was a pretty pretty significant one, um, and unfortunately, it it didn't end so well. Um, it just was not um, the ideal way a breakup would happen, and it was very. It affected me, um, but I think what it made me do it's really easy when something like that happens to you to blame other people, right? It's really easy to blame someone else or um, blame 
God knows what, like your circumstances, yeah. the situation, like these people, this place, like so many things that you can blame, but it, and I think I got this from Gary Vee. Um, but it's like when things go wrong in your life, instead of looking for everything else to blame, take responsibility, like take ownership and be accountable for everything that happens to you. Because to some degree, your actions invited that to happen. So it made me kind of look internally and be like, okay, why did this happen? Um, you know, what led to it? What, what didn't I do? Um, where was I lacking in order for this to take place? Um, and that, that was the rationale, you know, like it, that's what really woke me up a little. I mean, obviously too, going after, after a breakup like that, you're kind of like, okay, well I got to get, get the, the breakup body or the glow up as they call it <laughs> amongst, amongst us. So, um, hit, hit the gym freaking the next morning <laughs> and, uh, stopped eating Nutella and, and pop. So it definitely was a great motivator. Um, yeah. but, uh, I think definitely that self again self awareness and um, introspection was really what that led to and you know eventually helped me to get my goals in check. So in a way, I'm thankful for that breakup. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess there's a little bit of light in everything, like you said. You're like you gotta sort of find it sometimes, but there's something to learn from. I think everything that we go through. And and what I find interesting is what you said there sort of circles back to your whole definition of vulnerability. One of the first things you said when you were defining it was that it's about being honest and truthful with yourself. And that seems to me what you did is you didn't just necessarily try and project it on the other person or, and maybe a little bit at first, but then you decided to take the, the position of, I have to look at what I did wrong. I have to look at who I am and introspect. And I think that the way that you put that definition at the beginning was perfect because I think a lot of people look at vulnerability as this thing that it's about putting it all out there to the world but they don't do the work on themselves first. So what they're putting out into the world might, necess might not necessarily be true at all. So I just, I wanted to sort of make that correlation there because it's, it's just interesting to me how, you know, it, it sort of comes back full circle. That's awesome. I, I didn't even think about that, but you're totally <laughs> right. Like that's, it's uh it, it is, it's both like it's first you, then it's everyone else. Yeah. Right. It's first find out what you're all about, find out what matters to you, find out, where you need to work on and be honest with it. Don't ever assume that you're perfect because nobody is. Um, right. And then, then you can share with the world. Then you can keep yourself open. Then you can bring, kind of bring down the walls and barriers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So as, as a fellow podcaster, something I want to, I want to get into, cause I, I don't know if you've shared it so much. Um, I know you shared a bit on social cause I saw it, but I know you had a podcast before blessed for success. Um, and, and I just sort of want to get an idea because I didn't listen to the first one. I'm not going to like, you know, say that I did or something like that. Um, but what, what sort of made you decide to a give up on that first one? Uh, because I can only imagine that, you know, you were building this out. You were probably like really excited about it. And then there was some vulnerability, I'm sure, in deciding, okay, maybe it's time to give up. And then sort of how did you decide to get to this point and say, well, I'm going to do it again? <laughs> because some people probably would have just been like, tried it, not my thing. I'm going to move on. But you then decided, okay, you know what, maybe the messaging or whatever. So anyways, I'll let you get into it. But yeah, I just wanted yeah. to, to touch on that. Yeah, I mean, it was a combination of a bunch of things. Um, Fresh Out of College was the name of it. It was, I started it pretty much um, right after I graduated from university, noticing that a lot of students my age or millennials in general just weren't aware of the opportunities out there. You know, some of the things they're saying now is that um, what kids are studying today 
are for jobs that are going to be available 10, 10 years in the future. Like those jobs aren't even out now. And there's so many creative ways that um, millennials or anybody really, but I wanted to give them the education, um, creative ways that you can do things outside of your work or start a new venture or, or volunteering or whatever it may be. Just, just so much, so many more different options than 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 10 years ago, even. Um, so I wanted to bring that to light and essentially was interviewing people like some of our mutual friends, um, Sam Demo was on, uh, Mark Metri, Yamano Goswami was on. Um, so just kind of sharing what kind of cool things these guys are doing in the world that are all in that generation. The reason that I moved on from it was because I felt like over time, like I wasn't having, I was having conversations that I enjoyed having, don't get me wrong, but I wanted to expand to a broader guest list, like individuals who might not necessarily tailor to that audience, might tailor to a broader audience um, and talk, talk about subjects that weren't necessarily about being a student or being, or any of that. They were just like about life and about relationships. It's about um, success, about getting over, overcoming adversity, um, things like that. And, and so I felt that what I had in my head and what I was podcasting didn't align from a brand vision mm. perspective. And then the other bit was just for me at that time, it was just really like something to do on the side. Like it was just a hobby. Um, so I wasn't posting consistently. I was one, there was one time I posted maybe after like three months of not posting. <laughs> um, so super inconsistent, but now, especially before I started the Bless for success, I really came to terms with my past. Like I really was open and honest with myself. And a lot of the things that I had even forgotten that had happened to me, not, not necessarily forgotten. I knew about them, but I just chose to ignore them. Suppress them. Suppress them. Um, I let that back in because I, I was starting to learn that that's a part of who you are and that's part of your identity. Um, and so now it, when I got to Bless for success, it was like, okay, this is a powerful message this is one that um, I take very seriously and that I can definitely see myself putting in the work on a weekly basis to get to, um, to be successful and share with millions of people around the world eventually, hopefully. Um, and, and I mean, that's why, that's why I pursued this one. Also, I made the system making the mistakes the first time around of how to build systems to support the podcast and such. Now I know better how to automate certain things and stuff like that. So. Yeah. No, I I just wanted to ask, and and the one thing that I take away from that that I think is important for any listeners that might be uh, listening in and thinking about starting their own podcast is alignment is key and knowing your reason behind doing it. This is something I've heard over and over again from even people that have like a Lewis House, for example, a guy that has 150 million downloads, huge podcast. I listened to one of his uh, episodes recently. It was a live interview Q and A that he was doing, and uh, it, it was basically the title of the podcast was like "Don't Start a Podcast," and people are like this guy is telling us not to start it. Like what the hell? And then as you listen to it, he, the main thing that he was trying to get across is what you just said is that you have to know your reason behind it and you have to be aligned with it because if you're just doing it because, you know, podcasting is the cool thing to do and you know, you, you, you want to try it out and you think it's going to be fun. Believe me, like, I mean, we talked about this just before we got on it's Sure. It's fun, but it's a lot of work. And like, yeah, like you just brought up on uh, an episode that you had a couple of days ago that I listened to or about a week ago, I guess, um, is that, you know, it's like having a second full-time job. So if you're not aligned with what you're doing, if you don't know the reason behind why you're doing it chances are what happened to you the first time around is going to happen to other people so i just i really wanted to sort of drive that point home because if there are people thinking about doing this know that there's you know you got to have a good reason you got to have something to keep pushing you and driving you to do it absolutely and and 
let me also add this too is that when it comes to making starting a podcast like let's say you're you, you're starting a business right you're trying to solve other people's problems or you're trying to build a solution for other people's problems when it comes to a podcast I think you have to start with you. Like you need to start with what conversations do I want to have? Who do I want to meet? meet? What can I get from speaking to these people? Really, I'm just sharing the conversations with the community of people that I would like want to have coffee chats with, you know, and that yeah. coffee chat is just being publicized to the world. Um, I think it's really important because if you enjoy the conversations that you're having, if you enjoy the subject matter that you're talking about, then your audience will better relate to it and it'll allow you to spread the message even louder, even better, even wider, right? Um, so I think that's a, that's a genuine focus. If you're going to say like, okay, well, I don't know. Esports is on the rise. So I'm going to talk about esports because it's getting a lot of attention and um, there could be um, possible money opportunities from this later, later on and, and things like that. But you don't give a damn about esports, then there's no point. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, you just betrayed yourself, yeah. Basically, yeah. And you're going to realize it real quick, and then you're going to be like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Yeah, so 100% agree with that. So if you to, to sort of, I guess, I want to come to a close here. We're getting close to it. But if you could sort of take everything that's happened to you throughout your life and, and you could sort of culminate it all into uh, not just like one experience, but if you could sort of say how it's helped you get to where you are now, how would you say that it's all helped you get to this point now where you've gotten the career of your dreams, you're living in Toronto, you've got a, a podcast that's doing pretty well. Like how would you say everything that happened before is, has helped you get here? I think, I mean, the big thing is it's taught me resilience has taught me what my dad has taught me since I was a kid, which was that, you know, no matter what, as long as you put in the work, you'll reap the results. Um, like the relationships, like I value them so much because of how they've helped me throughout the years and, um, how keeping certain people close helps you move, move forward in your life. Um, all those things make the perfect recipe for and the law of attraction at a, at a pint of <laughs> the law of attraction. One of my favorite uh, speeches is by Muhammad Ali who talks about, you know, one cup of love, one pint of courage or something like that. Similar, yeah, similar yeah. thing. So relationships, hard work, um, resilience, law of attraction, um, goal setting, all of that make the perfect recipe for uh, who I am today. And I'm, and I'm forever grateful for it. Awesome. Chef Tanvir, <laughs> the recipe for life. Um, so, so would you say at this point uh, with everything that's going on, would you say that you found success and fulfillment in your life or would you say that you're still on a journey towards that? Mm, proud, but never satisfied. Okay. Um, this is a, a quote that I take from, he's like a fitness YouTuber. His name is Christian Guzman. He uh, runs a company called Alphalete, but it's like on some of his pieces of clothing and it really stood, stood out to me proud but never satisfied. I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish to this day. I've hit some of my goals, but I'm always working to something else. So I'll take the moment to, to reflect and say what I've done has been um, something that I can be happy about. I'm grateful for it, but I'm always moving or moving forward to the next goal and, and trying to figure out what else I can do to um, keep feeling proud of myself and keep feeling fulfilled. Awesome. I'm stealing that for a piece of content. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you should use it too, but I'm stealing that. That, that was a, a solid way of putting it. I, I've had many different ways of, of people asking that question, but that was awesome, man. Like I never even thought about it that way, but that's a, a perfect way to put it. 
Okay, so last question, and then uh, you know we'll, we'll sort of end it off here. But the last question I like to ask every guest is: if people were to listen back to this, there's tons of takeaways, there's tons of things that you shared with us, tips and and things that people can do to sort of help them with their own journey and progress in their own life. But if you could give people three key takeaways, three things they could write down and implement tomorrow, what would those three key takeaways that or three important lessons that you've learned be? Mm-hmm build a North star. So have some goal to work towards. You don't need to have your life purpose figured out yet. You don't need that. You just need a goal to work towards at any given time um, that you can put your head down and work on. Um, The second would be the, the storm, the, the storm, I forget what the quote, oh my God, I'm struggling right now to remember what it is, but this too will pass. This, this too shall pass. So whatever it is that you might be going through at every, at every given moment, just remember that there will be a time when it will be over. And um, as long as you can build the support system around you, um, you can get past it. And the third would be, wow. I mean, keep your, keep your network close. Um, keep your relationship close. That's been one of the big drivers of my life is um, your loved ones and those like-minded people that you can find. Um, keep them close, check in with them regularly, and you'll find that that will provide much more fulfillment in your day-to-day life. Awesome. Yeah. Solid three. And the, the, the second one there, I think it ties back to the word that came up multiple times in this podcast, which is resilience. You know, this too shall pass is uh, I've seen it too in my own life. Like when I got let go from my job a few years ago, I thought it was the worst thing in the world. And now I've done so much more. I've become a better person in my eyes, at least. And I think some people would agree with me. Um, but you know, and it, but when it first happened, it was like, it's the worst thing in the world, but it passed. And now it's like a blessing in disguise. So I think that number two there is, is is definitely one for people to, to consider in their own lives, especially if they're going through some sort of vulnerability or, or struggle in their life. Well, yeah. you know, again, solid tips. Last thing, um, I like to give every guest an opportunity to just sort of promote themselves, whatever they've got going on, uh, programs, podcasts, uh, where to find them on social. So go ahead. The floor is yours. For sure. Um, so Instagram at bless for success PC is my podcast page. Um, this man underscore tan viewer is my personal page. Um, bless for success on, you know, Apple podcasts, Spotify, um, wherever you listen to podcasts, I'll be there. And on LinkedIn, actually I'm very active on LinkedIn, Tanvir Mustafa. Um, and, uh, you'll find me posting content there like regularly. Yeah, no, that's where I think you and I sort of ran into each other first. And then it was events because of LinkedIn. So uh, I think I need to get back to LinkedIn for sure. I, I have I've been quiet on pretty much all social aside from my podcast, but I want to get back to it. And uh, but yeah, anyways, man, I, you know, I appreciate you uh, coming on here a ton. I appreciate you were literally after sort of my hiatus from social. I think you were literally the first person to ask me to come on your podcast, which was humbling because nobody had really I didn't really talk to anybody. Nobody had asked me to come on. And, uh, and I was really grateful for that opportunity to, to share sort of my story and what I've been going through on your podcast. And, um, yeah, man, I, I just, I appreciate your friendship. I look forward to where this is going to go, uh, how we're both going to grow and, and any way that I can, you know, help you, uh, definitely, you know, reach out and keep in touch. But yeah, man, just, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I wish you and your family all the health and safety. I mean, everyone listening right now, um, all the health and safety, obviously we're in a, we're in a challenging time and this too shall pass. I mean, (laughs) if there's ever a time that that would be applicable, you know, it would be now. So, um, thank you for having me on. Thanks for, for, you know, sharing my story. 
Um, and I look forward to, to building this relationship as well. All right, man. Take care and have a, a great rest of your day. And like you said, stay safe. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.